We are in a series about the one true God. Jesus said in John 17, 3, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And we've talked about some powerful truths over the last few weeks, that God is love, that God is sovereign, that God is holy. This, The one we're going to talk about today, I think sometimes is not thought about or talked about maybe as frequently as say God is love, but you actually see this truth in the scripture over and over again many more times. God is good. You need to know that God is good all the time. It is who he is. It's not just something that he does. He does good. But it's not just something that he does. It is part of the makeup of his person that God is good. The scripture declares to us in Psalm 100 and verse 5, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. See, you need to know this, that he always does what is right. He is kind, he is generous, he is the opposite of bad, he's the opposite of evil, he's good. Psalm 106 and verse 1, oh give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Psalm 34 and 8, one of my favorites, I got this one on a coffee cup, all right. Oh taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. You see, it's just who he is, he's good, it's part of his character, part of his person and You need to always remember this. He does not change. People change, right? Hopefully for the better, but people change. But guess what? God can't get any better. He's already perfect. He doesn't change. Now, this truth keeps coming up each week because... You know, it just it is, needs to be understood about each part of his character. It's a, it's a message in and of itself. But he says in Malachi 3, 6, I, the Lord, do not change. Now, this morning, we need to understand this about the goodness of God. It doesn't change. He's good all the time. Now, some people have this attitude like that, you know, well, God was harsh and mean in the Old Testament, but now in the New Testament, he's loving and kind and good. No, he's always been loving and kind and good. He hasn't changed. Sometimes our revelation, our understanding of God has changed, but God has never changed. But you need to know this, no matter what's going on in life, no matter what the battles, the struggles you face, God is good. And that will not change. It doesn't change with the situation or the circumstance. He is good. God's goodness is unique. You know, part of the difficulty in understanding God's goodness is that we need to understand that He is unique. He is not like us. He's different from us. See, sometimes we struggle with knowing the one true God because we try to reflect our human nature back on to God. In fact, sometimes people worship a false image of God that they've created in their own image. They use the scripture in Genesis where it says, where God says, I will make man in our image. That doesn't mean that he is exactly like us. Because let me tell you something about us. We mess up. 
We make mistakes. Sometimes we blow it. Sometimes we're not good. And if you reflect that back on God, you are wrong. He is always good. There's never a time that God is not good. You may not understand. You may not be able to figure it all out. But I'm telling you that God is always good. That is the truth of his word. You know, the Bible actually tells us God is not a man. It's Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man. Now it goes on and says, God is not a man that he should lie. Well, I want to tell you this morning, God is not a man that he can do evil and do bad and not be good. No, he's always good. We try to be good, right? Anybody? Anybody? Most, some of you, a bunch of you aren't even trying. Wow. No wonder you're messed. All right, we'll just keep going here. We try to be good. I mean, most of the time, maybe we are, but none of us is good all the time. And the Bible tells us that in Romans 3, 12, there is none who does good, no, not one. Some of us do more good than others. But all of us mess up. None of us is good all the time. And so the Scripture gives us this truth. There is none who does good, no, not one. Anybody have kids that are always good? Now, I've had school teachers tell me that some of you think your kids are perfect. My kid didn't do it. I just got to tell you, there are, there's no such thing as perfect kids. There, there is such thing as perfect grandkids, though, however. Amen? Okay, that's another thing altogether, but... In Mark chapter 10, a man comes running up to Jesus. He kneels down before him and he says, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Notice what he said to Jesus. He said, Good teacher. And Jesus says to him, it's Mark 10, 18, Why do you call me good? There is no one good but one that is God. Jesus was God. He was good. But we see that truth again here spoken by the Lord Jesus that there is no one good but one that is God. He is the only one that's always good. He's unique. He's the only one that never messes up and never makes a mistake. But he is always good. He is always blameless, always above reproach, always without fault. Oh, how we need to know this church, how we need to be telling the world about the goodness of God. There's so much reproach being cast on the Lord, so much blame being put on God in our culture. But He is above reproach. He is the one who is always blameless, the one who is absolutely without fault. He's good all the time. You know, somehow people kind of piece together from their life experiences and what they've learned in life and maybe what they've been taught and, you know, they kind of piece together all of these things to give them a perspective and a view and a mindset of what they consider to be good and if they were God, what they would do and how they would do it and what they wouldn't do. And they began to evaluate God and in a sense judge God whether or not he is good. 
I want to tell you, we can never do that. You can't compare him. You can't begin to formulate in your mind an opinion about, you know, when is God good and when is he not. Here's, here's the thing. He is the standard for good. You want to know what good is? You look at God. He's the one. He is good. We don't judge him. We believe him. We look to the Scripture, we accept what the Scripture says because it says that He is good and He will never change. Day by day, moment by moment, He's good. Psalm 52 and 1 says, The goodness of God endures continually every day. He's still good. No interruption. Right now, tomorrow, the next day, the next, the goodness of God will continue. The goodness of God endures continually. Even when everything's going wrong, even when trouble comes, even when life is unfair, even when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, God is still good. His goodness endures continually. He's not bad once in a while. He doesn't blow it. He's always good. James 1.17 tells us this, that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of light. So you need to understand, first of all, that everything good in your life, ultimately it came from God one way or another. He is the source of good. Every good gift, every perfect gift, it comes down from the Father. But then he goes on and he says this, with whom there is no variation, see there's no change, not even a little bit, There's no change, no variation, neither shadow of turning. The NIV puts it this way, like there's no change like shifting shadows. You see, he stays the same all the time. There's no shades of gray. There's not, well, sometimes he's better than others. No, he's just always good. I know. We don't always experience just good But God is always good. And if we know that, if we really know that deep down in our hearts, I'm telling you, it will bring us closer to Him. If we really know that deep down in our hearts, it will strengthen our faith to believe Him and to trust Him. If we really know that God is good, it will help us to be obedient to Him and to do what He wants us to do. But here's the big question for a lot of people. If God is always good, why is there so much evil in the world? I want to tell you, first of all, I just want to remind you that there will be a place and there will be a time when we get to heaven, there will be no evil. There will be no more heartache. There will be no more tears. But why in this world is there so much? In Genesis, we read how that God made the world and he spoke everything into being. And as he did that, he said, each time he said, it is good. It is good. Then he made man and when he was finished, he looked at everything and he said, it's very good. This is what God created. This is what God did. There's Adam and Eve in the garden. 
And God has created this beautiful place for them. There's no sickness. There's no heartache. There's no toil. There's no struggle. There's no death. This is what God has created. Enter Satan and man's free will to choose not to obey God. Satan comes to Eve and he begins to attack and malign the character of God and especially the goodness of God. You see, the Lord had said, if they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they would die. But Satan comes and he begins to say to Eve, you will not surely die. God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. First, he's telling her that God has lied to them. He's questioning the word of God. But he's also questioning God's character that in some way God has held back good from them. Here's something good, and God's keeping you from it. And I want to tell you that is a deception that Satan has used in every generation, and that deception is still going on. In fact, it's raging right now where people think that if they really serve God and really live for God and do what God wants them to do, well, guess what? You're just not going to really be able to have much fun and enjoy life. What a lie from the pit of hell. God is the one who wants to give you abundant life. It is Satan who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the one that wants to rip you off, not God. God is good. And when we, when we understand that, when we know that, we obey God. See, don't let the enemy put that question in your mind. Is God really good? Is he good all the time? See, you got to know that you know the Scripture is true. It says that God is good. So many in our world have these doubts about the goodness of God. They they think that somehow that God is going to keep them from good things. And so they disobey God and they end up with the consequences Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Anybody got any trouble? Well, Jesus said it was going to happen, didn't he? But that doesn't change the truth that God is good. See, Satan will always try to malign the character of God. He's always trying to get people to think that God has done them wrong somehow, that God is keeping them from good things, or that God is is responsible for the hurt, the difficult times that they go through. When some tragedy happens, they begin to question God or even blame God. And it's like the Lord's character gets put on trial when something bad happens. I want to remind you again that all of this trouble and heartache started with the fall of man, when they disobeyed God. Church... We need to realize that we are living in a fallen world and there's going to be trouble in this world. But don't blame God for it. No, He is the answer, not the problem. It's amazing. You know, if you have an insurance policy on your house, they use the phrase, act of God. And it's never talking about a good thing, right? It's always talking about some kind of a disaster. And they say, well, if it was a disaster, that was God. I don't think so. I read in the Bible, but it tells me that Satan is the God of this age. He's moving and working in this world. 
No, our God is good and He does good. He reveals Himself in the Scripture. And listen, don't, don't allow the world's view to influence who God is to you. Don't allow the religion of man to influence your opinion of God. No, we have to look only to the Scripture, to the Word of God, to really be able to know Him and understand Him as He is. It is the Scripture that reveals Him to us. Psalm 119 verse 68 says, You are good and do good. He's good. And this is what he does. He does good. People accuse God of wrongdoing. Bad things happen and they blame God. They usually pose it as a question. It kind of goes like this. Something to this effect. Why did God do this? And they're accusing God. They've already decided that God did it. They're just in a quest, the form of a question. They're accusing him. And I just got to tell you that anytime you start accusing God, you're on the wrong side. We got to always remember, he's good and he does good. Now, some people in our culture are really confused about what good is. They get good and evil mixed up. Isaiah 5 and 20 is not a new thing. It says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. So let me just give you some of the basics of good and evil. When you see joy and peace and healing and restoration and freedom and blessing and life, that's good and that's God. When you see heartache and trouble and sickness and you see stress and sadness and destruction, and death, that's bad, and that's not God. This world has got it all mixed up. And we as the people of God, we got to start telling people how good our God is. Listen, I I don't want to, you know, be angry with people out in the world. and, and, And But when they malign the character of God, we need to stand up. We need to say, oh no, that's not my God. My God is good. Because I'm telling you, there's a whole lot of people that aren't serving God because they don't really believe he's all that good. We need to tell him, God is always good. You see trouble and heartache and sickness. I'm telling you, we need to remember, in the midst of that going on, we need to remember that God is good and He does good. So don't blame God for bad things. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says that Satan is the God of this age. And I'm telling you, Satan is doing his best to do his worst. He's still at work in this world. He's still doing everything he can. And most of the time, he's flying under the radar because people are blaming God instead of recognizing that that's Satan. Oh, my goodness. I I don't know how believers get so far afield from the Scripture Blaming God instead of recognizing the schemes of Satan. Here's what Ephesians 6, 10, and 11 says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. 
Put on the whole armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You're supposed to be taking a stand against the devil's schemes. This isn't Old Testament. This is New Testament warfare. We need to be ready for the devil's schemes. And here's one of his biggest schemes is he's always trying to dupe people into thinking that God is not really good. And when bad things happen, they don't recognize that so often it is the work of Satan. In fact, Satan has got a whole lot of Christians believing that he's not even real. They believe in God, but they don't believe the devil's even real. Well, they haven't ever read the Bible then. That or they think it's a fairy tale. They don't believe in the one true God because they blame God for the evil works of Satan. Here's what the Bible says about Satan, one of the things. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He still kills, steals, and destroys. Jesus said, John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I tell you, Jesus wants to give you abundant life. He wants to do you good. It is Satan's work and the work of sinful men that bring all the trouble, the heartache in this world. 1 John 3, 8 tells us that for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. And you know what? He still is. He still is destroying the works of the devil through his body, the church. Oh, yes, church, this is what we're about. We're supposed to be about doing the same kinds of things that Jesus did. One of the things that people so often blame the Lord for is sickness and disease. Jesus bore on his body wounds. The Bible says stripes that by those wounds we might be healed. He paid a price so that we could be healed. Now the Bible also tells us that Jesus came to show us the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We need to understand this, that as Jesus ministered and healed people and helped people, he did never make anybody sick. Not one example. I mean, surely there's got to be one. But in all of the Gospels, there's not one example of Jesus making somebody sick. And I want you to understand this morning that there are a lot of difficult questions and some of those things that we go through our whole life. We don't know the answers to until we get to heaven. But what I do know is that some of the religion of man has got people so deceived and turned people against God because they think that God has done wrong and that God has not been good. Acts 10.38 says, Jesus went about doing good, doing good, doing good, not doing bad, doing good, and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. It's the devil that's oppressing people. It's the devil that's hurting people. But if you listen to some religious people, they'll tell you that it's God's will for you to be sick. If you think it's God's will for you to be sick, don't pray and ask God to heal you. That's ridiculous. Why would you ask God to do something he don't want to do? I ask God to heal people because I believe it's His will. 
And I'll tell you, we need, to, we need to get this, that Jesus went around healing people. He never, ever made somebody sick so that they could learn something. Now, I have found that through sickness and all kinds of trouble and heartache, that we can learn. And sometimes we learn the most, in fact, when we are broken and going through such a difficult time. But that doesn't mean that God did it to you. I read in the Psalms where the psalmist says, oh, it was good that I was afflicted, that I would turn to you. But he doesn't say, hey, thank you for afflicting me, God. He said, it's good that I was afflicted, that I would turn to you. And I'm just telling you that, yes, God can teach us something if we look to Him and we trust Him and we remember that He's good. Yes, you can learn a whole lot. No matter what the battle, the struggle is, you can, you can learn some principles of faith and overcoming as you go through those hard times. But it's wrong when people start telling other people, well, you know, God wants you to be in this terrible place so that you can learn something. No, it's not God that did that. It's God that can get you out. It's God that can heal you. Luke chapter 13, there's a woman with a spirit of infirmity, and she comes to the synagogue where Jesus is, and the Bible says that she was bent over and in no way could raise herself up. So this woman is bent over, This is her view of life for 18 years. 18 years. The next day, the next... Can you imagine what 18 years? 18 years, this is how she did her housework. This is how she cooked. This is how she went to the marketplace. This is how she went to church. It says right there, she went to the synagogue. Everywhere she went. This was her view of life. What was that like? And Jesus heals her. He says, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I want to tell you, there's still religious people, just like in this story, that get mad when you lay hands on people. Listen. The ruler of the synagogue got mad because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And it's crazy, but in our day and time, there are those who call themselves my brother in the Lord, and yet they get mad if we lay hands on somebody. The Bible says, Jesus said it in Mark 16, that believers lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So yes, we pray for the sick. And yes, we're going to believe God for healing. But when this happened, and this man, this ruler of the synagogue, he accuses Jesus of doing wrong on the Sabbath day. And Jesus says, ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound? Who did this? Satan has bound, think of it, 18 years. Wow. Shouldn't she be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitude rejoiced 
for all the glorious things that were done by him. Amen. You see, we need to remember that our God is good. Yeah. And there is a devil. Satan is always at work against us. He is our adversary, the Bible says. I believe we need a greater revelation of the goodness of God. We live in such a, a troubled world. And sometimes life is hard, but we need to always know that God is good. It will prepare you to face the battles, the struggles that are ahead. In Exodus chapter 33, in verse 11, the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man with his friend. It's amazing that Moses had such an intimate relationship with God, and the scripture makes that so plain here that he spoke to the Lord face to face as a man with his friend. Moses, at this point, has already led the children of Israel out of Egypt, but now they're in the wilderness. And there are so many battles, so many struggles and hardships in the days to come. For the next 40 years, Moses will lead these people in a wilderness. There will be times that the people want to stone Moses, times that they oppose him, and there will be times when there's sickness and there's times when people are dying and times all kinds of problems, you see. And God prepared Moses for what was to come in the days ahead by giving him a fresh revelation of the goodness of God. Moses prays in verse 18, he says, please show me your glory. And the Lord said to him, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. See, and we, even now, we cannot see God in all of his glory. These corruptible bodies cannot look upon the majesty, the glory of the holy God. No, we won't see that until we're in heaven. But I believe that we can get a fresh revelation of the goodness of God, just like Moses did. God showed Moses his goodness, and it carried Moses through for the next 40 years. And I'm telling you that if you really know that you know that you know that God is good, it will carry you through the challenges and the difficulties that come. We need that understanding, that revelation of the goodness of God. Many years later, after Joshua has led God's people into the promised land, and they have driven out their enemies. And think about this. Not only had they been through the 40 years of the wilderness that Joshua went through all of that, Joshua and Caleb did, but now Joshua and Caleb and the people of God, they have been through 40 years. They've been through all these years of fighting and battles and struggles and even, even some losses some tragedies along the way. But here's what Joshua has to say near the end of his life. It's Joshua 23 and 14. He said, Behold, this day I'm going the way of all the earth. He's saying, I'm about to go. And you know in all your hearts 
in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. Now listen, I want you to see this. Not one thing has failed of all the good things the Lord has said concerning you. They've all come to pass. Now, when you're in the middle of the battles, when tragedy comes, when heartache happens, you know, when you're right in the thick of it, it, you don't see this. But looking back, Joshua was able to say, not one good thing that God spoke over you failed. It all came to pass. And I'm just telling you this morning that sometimes we don't see it. We're in the midst of it. But one day you'll get to a place. You'll be able to look back over the trials and the tests and know that God was still good. He was good through it all. I I don't like it that I talked about being old so much this morning, but I'm old enough. I've been through enough. I can tell you a lot of tears, a lot of trouble, a lot of heartaches. But I look back and I can testify that God is good. And you just need to know that whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through this morning, God is good. You know, another great man in the scripture is David. David, we know, is the giant killer, the great warrior, and so many wonderful things about David and wonderful things that happened to David and through David. But David also had enough trouble and heartache in his life, enough tragedy in his life for 10 people. I mean, if you read the story of David's life and all of the things that happened to him and battles he went through and the things that happened to his children, I'm telling you, this man went through so much heartache. And yet, in Psalm 23 and 6, David says this, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. See, David got it. He understood that even through all of the trouble, goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. Here's part of the key for him, Psalm 27 and 13. David also said this, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So when you're going through it, just believe. Just believe. You're going to see the goodness of the Lord. Sometimes it looks like there's no way. That's what faith is for. You believe you're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Through all the difficult times and the struggles, you just keep believing you're going to see it. You know, a lot of the time when we are right in the midst of heartache and trouble and problems in our life, it's hard for us to look past this event. It's hard for us to to see how that anything good could ever come from this and how that any how that we can ever really move on from this and, and I'm just telling you there's a lot of those difficult places in life we talked about this verse when we talked about the sovereignty of God but we just need to go there again it's Romans 8:28 it says we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose and I want to clarify just real quick quickly, he doesn't say that everything is good. No, there are terrible things that happen, and they're just terrible. 
But here's the thing. Our God is so big and so awesome and powerful that he can work things together and one day, like Joshua, we'll look back and say, God was good all the time. We may not understand it now. Some things, I I don't believe we're going to understand until heaven. But I know this, that my God is good and he's working all things together for our good. He is greater than Satan and he's greater than all the evil works of men. And he somehow can work it all together for our good. We need to remember just how good our God is. Don't doubt his goodness. I'm telling you, if you remember that God is good, it'll give you strength to obey God. Listen, if you doubt his goodness, it will cause you to be tempted to disobey God. Well, it goes like this. Young couple meets at church. Oh, it's wonderful. God brought them together. They think, you know what, this is it. You're the one for me. They're so happy. You know, they're making plans for the future. You know, coming up with baby names. Right? I mean, they've got it all figured out. they got it all planned out. And then somehow or another, the relationship goes south. They start fighting and arguing. They're upset with each other. Sooner or later, they finally break up with one another. And here's what they think. This is awful. This is the worst thing that could ever happen to me in my life. They're heartbroken. There's tears. They're so upset. And now they have a choice. Is God good or is he not? And what so many decide in that moment is that here they were, they were doing what was right, they were doing what they're supposed to be doing, and this terrible thing happened to them. And now, rather than trusting that God is good, they decide, you know what? I did what was right and this happened. And they end up going to the bars looking for somebody. Let me tell you another story. Decide you're going to tithe. You know, you're going to obey God and do what the Scripture says and give God the tenth and you're faithful to do that and you start tithing and it's not long until you lose your job. Wait a minute. All these preachers telling me that God's going to bless me if I tithe. They're a bunch of liars. All of a sudden, your heart turns away. You start blaming God and you think God has let you down in some way. You start disobeying God because you judged him that he wasn't good. I want to tell you another story. There's times when, in fact, there's a lot of these stories. I read a story about a man who was a builder and he worked for one company and they fired him. It was a terrible day, but he decided that he just had to go into business for himself. And he became a multimillionaire many, many times over what he had ever dreamed could happen. He said, the best thing that ever happened to me was when I got fired. I'm just telling you, you just don't know what God might be doing, what he might be. Listen, I'm not saying God got you fired. I'm saying that God might be doing something to work it all out for your good, but you got to choose to trust God and obey God even when all the trouble and heartache comes and the wheels come off. That's when you choose to believe in the goodness of God. Don't begin to doubt and to question his character, to think that God 
have mistreated you in some way. Psalm 145 and verse 9 says this, The Lord is good to all. His tender mercies are over all his works. So I just want to tell you, if you're wondering, you know, maybe you're not one of those, well, let me tell you, he is good to all. That includes you. God wants to do you good. He wants to help you. He wants to bless you. It is Satan that is always working against you. God is for you. If you know that God is good, it will draw you. And if you begin to doubt the goodness of God, it will hinder your relationship with the Lord. Romans 2.4 says this, Do you despise the riches of His goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? You see, it's the goodness of God. We're out in this world and we're heading the wrong direction and life is getting harder and harder. It's the goodness of God that woos us, that draws us, that leads us back to a closeness with Him. But when we, when, we, when we doubt the goodness of God, we end up going away from the Lord. It is the goodness of God that will help you to be able to believe for greater blessings in your life. I want to go to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to close with this passage. Matthew chapter 7. I'm just telling you, our Heavenly Father, He wants to bless us. He wants to be good to us. Jesus says this, beginning in verse 7. He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And he who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil... Now, I know, us earthly parents, we... You know, we want to take offense to that. Jesus saying, you being evil. But here's the point. We've already read it. We've already established it. None of us is good all the time. But if we, in our faults and flaws, and human as we are, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? There's two things I want to clarify about that. First of all, this isn't one of those blank checks where you can just ask for anything. No, God knows what's good for you, and He knows what's good for you right now. Sometimes His answer is wait, right? I mean, you parents, you all know what I'm talking about. Some things aren't good for your kid, and some things they're just not ready for. I mean, you're not going to give your car keys to a four-year-old, right? No, it's not time. But I'm just telling you that God knows what's good for us, but he, He's not going to hold back something good from us. Amen. Our Heavenly Father is good, and He loves us, and He wants to bless us. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask? Oh, if we believe that He's that good, we will ask. Amen. Let's learn to just trust that our Father really is good. God is good. Stand with me. We're going to pray, and I want our prayer partners to come.